It's time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our theme music is Fruit of the Louvre, provided by Flint composer-producer Howard Eddy. Stay tuned, because it's on now. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. The Tom Sumner Program. Have you lost your job and your health care coverage due to COVID-19? You're not alone, and Genesee Health Plan can help. I called, and they provided health care enrollment over the phone with Medicaid, HealthCare.gov, and Genesee Health Plan. They made sure I had access to doctor visits, my prescriptions, and more. Getting health care coverage can be confusing. You don't have to do it alone. Get help with GHP. Call 844-232-7740 or go to GeneseeHealthPlan.org. We're in this together, and together we'll get right through now, it. Right COVID-19 vaccine are available to millions of Americans and soon they will be available to everyone. This vaccine means hope. It will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. I want to go back to work and I want to be able to move around. To visit with Michelle's mom, the hugger and see her on her birthday. You know what I'm really looking forward to is going to opening day in Texas Ranger Stadium with a full stadium. We've lost enough people, and we've suffered enough damage. In order to get rid of this pandemic, it's important for our fellow citizens to get vaccinated. I'm getting vaccinated because we want this pandemic to end as soon as possible. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. So roll up your sleeve and do your part. This is our shot. Now it's up to you. Hi, I'm U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow, and I'm listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Tom Sumner. Hope you had a great weekend and enjoyed all the trick-or-treaters for Halloween. We we had quite a few here. It was uh, a lot of fun. And, we, of course, we had a special Halloween edition of the show that was all old-time radio if you were streaming uh, at the website at all yesterday but um, we have a great show in store today to kick off uh, the month of november this uh the month of november means a lot to a lot of people with thanksgiving coming up and and of course the uh, beginning of the holiday season but um it's also uh Lung Cancer Awareness Month, and we're going to talk in the third half of our three-hour tour today with Dr. Samuel Kim from, uh, he's a thoracic surgeon at Northwestern Medicine, about new procedures, and and, uh, uh, we'll find out a little bit more about lung cancer and what can be done about it with him. And then uh, during the second hour of our three-hour tour, we're going to talk with uh, Dr. Robert Taylor, a psychiatrist uh, who's um, got a new book called The Deceptive Brain. But uh, first, my first guest um, standing by is uh, 
Well, he was, he's the author of uh, a book called The High Sign. We, he was on the show, and we talked about that back in July. Um, but he has a new book called End Time Living. He is uh, a, a journalist and Bible scholar, David Heeren, and he joins me by phone. Hi, David. Welcome back. Hi, Tom. Glad to be back. Um, is this a book that you can uh, <laughs> that you can tell by the cover? Is it... <laughs> Is it really uh, titled appropriately? It's about end time living. Yeah, it is. Um, the uh, people who had, um, you are linked to do the publishing. I think they come up with attractive covers. Um, that, that's a. Uh, I would say you have to be very imaginative to associate that with end time living. But there's going to be some very dramatic things going on, and and the cover does. It does suggest dramatic events. Uh, it's, it's not going to be a, a just, you know, placid period of time, uh, but uh, it's going to be, according to the Bible, one of the most blessed opportunity times for Christians. Um, on the other hand, it will be uh, a time of suffering for many of us. But when we, we, we are told, um, in fact, Jesus said it, that suffering for his sake is a great blessing. In fact, it's the most emphasized of the Beatitudes as, as to what its blessedness is about. Uh, there are great rewards in heaven uh, associated with our, our kinship with Christ all the way to, to the part where we, we must suffer for his sake. Now, not all of us are going to do that, I don't think, but a lot of us are, and I don't think we should be afraid of it. I think well, I think some Christians are very um, timid when it comes to even discussing the tribulation. They don't even want to hear about it. Um, but it can be a great a time of great blessedness. And, and the original disciples were looking forward to it. They thought Jesus was going to return then, <laughs> uh, and they were really looking forward to it. Well, I'm looking forward to it too. But it, it, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting. To what degree have modern evangelists? muddied the waters a little bit with promises of great rewards in return for contributions and so on? Yeah, I don't think that's what the Bible's talking about when it's talking about rewards. It, it's pointing ahead to our, our, our rewards in heaven. Whether we get any rewards here or not, that's up to the Lord. Well, actually, we do get rewards every day. In the time that we spend with Him, it can be really wonderful. But as for the, you know, the, the, the monetary rewards and the, and the earthly rewards, that is not that is not the Lord's goal. His goal is in the spiritual realms to get us to where we need to be to contribute to His kingdom and to receive the rewards that come from that kingdom. Well, it's just it it seems like uh, in in today's um, time of of social media and television and all of these communication mediums um, that there are a lot of people out there saying that they're sharing the word but I often wonder if it's the right word yeah I think a lot of times it's not and I think some of those churches um, are being judged um, uh, both D. James Kennedy and Billy Graham and, and, they, and they knew the evangelism they knew evangelism they said that of the uh, pastors that they encountered, less than half of the pastors 
were born-again Christians. So naturally, a lot of the churches are not going to be preaching the gospel because they don't have pastors who know the gospel. But a lot of those churches now are have, and it's partly because of the pandemic and all of this, all of the politicization of it, uh, have are now extinct. And a lot of the people from those churches are showing up in churches where they can hear the gospel and be born again. So, so the Lord, he just turns everything, even things that, that appear evil, he can turn it upside down, and, and he does. He, he really does. David, what does it mean to be born again? I, I mean, it, is it a way of atoning for sins up to that point? Can someone be born again multiple times? Are there people who are just born right to begin with? <laughs> you know, as far as being born right to begin with, that, I mean, that doesn't happen because when you're born, you don't have any consciousness. And, 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 and trusting Christ is something that you must do with consciousness. Uh, the, the babies are innocent up to the point where, where they can really understand and hear. But um, well, actually, answer your question in a simple way. It's John chapter 3. And I think we all know what 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Well, that is the hub of, of the chapter about being born again, and that, and that is really the, 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 the briefest explanation of it in the chapter. But it came from an interview. A man named Nicodemus went to Jesus and he said, um, uh, he wanted to know what it was. He did. Uh, he wanted to. Well, Jesus told him whether he wanted to know what it was or not. Nicodemus said, "Surely a man cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born." If this is after Jesus is talking about being born again, and then Jesus has the great opportunity to share the gospel with Nicodemus, so that he actually does become born again according to the, the scripture definition of it, which means. Basically, what it means is trusting Christ for your salvation and not your own works and your own endeavors. Because he, when he died on the cross, he became sin for us. And the Bible says he, he knew no sin, uh, 2 Corinthians 5.21, so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Um, that's, that's, that's it, basically. And, and in a nutshell, it's, it's trusting Christ instead of trusting yourself. So many people think, well, if I do this good and that good, if I do more good than bad, then I go to heaven. But that's not really the way it works, because God is sinless. He sent his sinless son to die for us, so that we, if we trust and accept that sacrifice, can be born again and go to heaven. And that's uh, really what being born again means. I mentioned the the title of your book, um, End Time Living. Um, are, are we at that point? You, you know, I mentioned in passing when I introduced you um, the previous book, we talked about the high sign um, and, and the occasion of Jesus' second coming. Um, but, I, you know, I, I always wonder if people don't imagine... Um, strife and hardship as end times and and maybe often have throughout history yeah well actually if, if you just take everything literally and then don't read 
Matthew 5, if you just stop with Matthew 24, he does say um, there will be persecution of Christians in all nations. And that is uh, in verse 9 of, of chapter 24 where Jesus is talking. He's been asked to uh, identify the sign of his return. But he told a lot more. He, he actually spent a lot more time talking about details of what's coming up. Uh, and a lot of it is end-time stuff. Uh, and that is, certainly. Um, he, he spent more time on that than he did actually uh, on the sign of his return. I think it was only about uh, three or four verses in the, in the middle of chapter 24 of, of Matthew and then in, in, in Luke 21. Um, although it's very clear when he gets down to it, there's some really dramatic things that are going to be in the sky when Jesus returns. But uh, as to as to the the, the question of uh, <laughs> now I'm wandering off. No, Guys, well let me, me let me, me just help me, Tom. Help me, Tom. Let me just plug this in. I I've often thought that maybe uh, some of the Jews in concentration camps or in others, um, Poles and and Czechs and so on, who were in. Nazi concentration camps, it would be hard for them not to imagine that they were living in the end of days. Yeah, I, I think so too. Um, I, I do think there, as you read through um, Jesus' sermon, there are some details that are starting to become more real now than they were before. Uh, and, I, and I do think that we are getting to the point where we, we are now entering that period of time called the end time. And some of the persecution is now becoming more widespread, uh, which, of course, was one of the verses that I just read a minute ago. There's much more widespread in, in many more nations persecution of Christians than there has been uh, in, a, in a long time. And, and this is one of the, one of the signs that we are getting into the end time, but there are a lot of others. Uh, it's as you read that, you say, "Well, this is becoming more real. This is becoming more real. This is becoming more real," and you can just go up and down about ten or twelve details and say, "Yeah, I think we're we're getting into the end time," and, and I should say that, yes, I think we are getting into the end time. Is um, I, I wonder sometimes if those things are if the things that we talk about persecution and, and floods and other things, if, if they are becoming more frequent or if um, modern media makes us more aware of things that are going on? Well, actually, right now, I think our media is making us less aware. You can't well, I, I want to talk about that. I want to peel that <laughs> apart a little bit, David, but I have a break coming up. So okay. I don't I don't want to dive in too deep right now. But well, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's a different subject anyway, but can, yeah, can it's you part of it. It's part of it, it really is. Can you stick around for a few minutes so we can talk uh, some more? I certainly can. All Thank right. You. My guest is uh, an award-winning journalist, Bible scholar, and author of a new book called End Time Living. David Heeren. And I think I'm saying that right, David. Um, but uh, we're going to take a short break, let our broadcast partners squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do when we go to break. If you're streaming us at TomSumnerProgram.com, we have some messages as well. So don't touch that dial, don't click that mouse. More right after this. Hello out there, everybody. It's me, Tigger. T-I-double-G-R. That spells Tigger. And don't forget to remember to listen to Tom Sumner program on account of because he's so bouncy. <laughs> 
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Our lives have been turned upside down by COVID-19. When a vaccine becomes available, it's critical that all of us get it. What we do as individuals will impact everyone's health, including those who can't get the vaccine. We won't get through this unless everyone takes part. Now is the time to get up to date on all recommended vaccines for both kids and adults. Experts say it's more important than ever for everyone to get their flu vaccine this year. And if you're older, you should get both the flu and pneumonia vaccines, since both illnesses can make COVID-19 even worse. Vaccines are available at a lot of convenient places, so be an example for friends and loved ones and encourage them to get vaccinated too. We all want to reunite, travel, and get back to school and work. But that means we all need to get on board. This is the time to do what's right for each other. Get vaccinated. It's our best shot. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe Bye from the Blue Hawaiian. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Annan. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You know, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's uh, it's that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all. It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond. Where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air. Where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums. Where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses. And where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County. Where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at Michigan.org.
This is Congressman Dan Kildee, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. And welcome back, everybody. Uh, we continue now my conversation with the author of a new book called End Time Living. He is award-winning uh, journalist, Bible scholar, and author, David Heeren, and he joins me by phone. Uh, David, welcome back, and uh, thanks for sticking around. Sorry to make you sit through all that. Oh, no problem. I, if you hear some noise, some next door, they're doing some work outdoors. So um, if we need to, I can always go out and ask them just if it gets too loud. Like nah. Um, no, we'll be okay. fine. All right. We'll be fine. There's, you, you know, it, it, it often happens. I have my studio at home, and um, very often the guy will come to cut the lawn right in the middle of my show. <laughs> yeah, that's what's happening here. Yeah, he'll be mowing the lawn right under the window outside the studio but he usually doesn't pick up so we should be fine okay. um just before the break i was i was talking about uh you know if we're in end times and what some of the signs are for that um but let me ask this the book is called end time living um it really have sort of two questions rolled into one here david um is the book uh, a, a guide for how to live through the end time? And is there such a thing as living through and being on the other side of the end time? Well, for some of us, you know, we, will, we will live through it, and others will not. We'll go to be with the Lord sooner than that. My wife has gone to be with the Lord. Um, but um, it is it is actually... And it's not just a guidebook. It's it's an encouraging guidebook because Jesus spoke in, in a positive way about this. He, in fact, he, he he knew what was going to happen exactly, and this was a thousand years ago, and, was, and that was one of the reasons the disciples thought he was coming back. They didn't realize that he was he knew to to the minute detail what was going to happen in two thousand years, and this was before he was you know tra- translated back into his totally spiritual form and back into heaven. Um, but yeah, this is for, uh, it's, it's positive. It's positive. Um, we are not, Jesus said, do not be afraid. He said, don't even be worried. And then he gives these details and, and, um, in Matthew five, the other, his other great sermon on the mountainside, he says a couple of times in there, how blessed it is to undergo some of this terrible stuff that he himself did. Of course, we, we won't go to the extreme that, that he did, uh, but we have to remember that he did that for us, and he should, be, he should be able to expect us to do something for him. And, and the, the, the promise is so blessed that the original disciples were looking forward to it. In fact, after they fled the first time, when they saw Jesus was going to be uh, killed, they came back, and, and they, they welcomed it. Peter, who had fled, came back, and in a powerful voice through all of Jerusalem proclaims the gospel. Um, it's not a it's not a negative thing. In fact, in fact, the persecution part of it is just a small part. There's going to be millions of people saved and brought to the knowledge of the truth, and it's the most blessed thing in the world to be able to um, talk to somebody. And I had somebody come to me once. Say, well, how can I? How can I? 
be saved because he had cancer and was dying. And I told him. And I felt, you know, what a blessing the Lord gave me to, to have this man come to me and ask me to share the gospel with him. Uh, and this is the kind of thing that's going to be uh, very, very prevalent during the end time because people are going to be frightened. The way the, way the Lord has arranged it, and we can see that in the scriptures, is there are going to be some scary things going on. And we talked about some of that when we discussed the high sign. Because uh, if, if it is correct, and, I, and I'm almost sure it is, that a, a great comet is going to be that sign, that is the only celestial object that can fulfill all of the prophecies that are related to that. And a lot of them are scary, because there's going to be stuff falling out of the sky, and not all of it is going to be harmless. Um, in fact, there's a, Jesus said it's going to, there's going to be falling stars. And you look that up, and you find out that the falling stars are in the constellation Perseus, and they are comet residue. Now, comets are so... Um, we're back a little bit now to, to the, to the, to the other book, but they are so um, <laughs> dramatic that um, a NASA guy, I saw this on a TV show, he was asked about it, and he said, there's absolutely nothing we can do about a comet. Well, that speaks to me of the Lord, because there's nothing that we as human beings can do when the Lord decides to do something. And, and even if it's not a comet, those things that are related to what a comet can do are going to happen. And people get frightened, and, they, and they'll be open to hearing the gospel. And, and this is a, a great blessing. This is, this, is, this, is, this is as great a blessing, I think, as suffering for, for him, uh, because human souls are on the line. Not, not, just, not just physical lives, but eternal lives. Um, th this is going to be very challenging and, and, and very exciting. Where does um, climate change and some of the weather events that we're experiencing, hurricanes and earthquakes and floods, where do they fit into this, this pattern of uh, uh, end time? Well, I think it's escalation. These are not things that never happened before. But a lot of it, for instance, right now as we speak, um, the eastern seaboard is experiencing, has experienced for the last six months some of the heaviest uh, rainfall and some flooding, whereas the, the Pacific coast is so dry that everything is just burning up. Um, and I'm literally, because the forest fires are... The, the, yeah. They're not, they're not allowing the cutting. The uh, environmentalists are not allowing the cutting of fire breaks, and these fires have just basically spread right up and down the West Coast. Well, there have always been forest fires out there, but this year is really bad. I'm told by somebody in western Washington, the state of Washington, that they've got uh, a lot of smoke, a lot of problems with smoke from these fires. This is, this, is, this is part of the big picture. The big picture is escalation of dramatic events, natural events, political events, we're seeing that too. Um, it's the escalation part that, that indicates that we are indeed getting into the end time. How much is the, um, well, before I ask that, I, I want to continue on what we were talking about. The, um, this acceleration of uh, um, 
extreme events in politics, in climate change, in weather, um, in, in upheavals, and, and so on. Um, a lot of people, when they think of the end time, they, they, of course, call that Armageddon. And there's this, um, there's this concern, this fear, that that's going to wipe everybody out. But it sounds like you're saying that that's not exactly how it unfolds. No, um, actually, Jesus, he was very specific. He said, when it gets bad, he said there is going to be tribulation. And he said, I am going to shorten it. And he also prophesied, and this is in a couple of places in the Old Testament, that it's going to be flipped right over because prophecies in the books of Isaiah and Jeremiah uh, speak of the, tra the traitors being betrayed. Um, the, uh, the, let's see, there's a couple other things that, that, that are in there. The, the uh, destroyers will be destroyed, and, and there's one more. Uh, I, I may remember it or I may not, but the point being that God is going to flip this over. Yes, there is going to be tribulation, but he's going to limit it to three and a half years. And this is very specific in the Revelation. Revelation has a lot of figurative stuff. But I think it's twice right in the middle of the book where it says that it's going to be a three and a half year period. Forty-two months is the literal, literal translation, but that's three and a half years. And, um, of course, then if you get the flip-flop part of it, that brings you to a seven-year total. You'll get the three and a half years of tribulation and three and a half years of um, where, where the persecutors are being uh, tormented by this, all of this stuff from the Lord, which is coming out of the sky. And they're going to be ter terrified. Oh, I know that. What was the third part of that? The, the, the terrorists will be terrified. And right now we're seeing a lot of terrorism in the world, and we even see a lot of attempts at it in the United States where people are violating the Constitution in order to order people to do things that are, that are not constitutional at all, uh, and then punishing them if they don't do it. Um, but this is part of the big picture. And in the end, we get the assurance that the Lord sees it and doesn't like it and is going to do something about it. In fact, that his judgment is perfect. It's perfect because those who have been doing these things will be the ones who will suffer accordingly uh, toward the end of the end time. And some of them, I think a lot of them, are going to be saved. Um, I know three men, they got scared. Two of them were military, one of them just thought, well, I'm a sinner, I'm going to hell. They got scared. And, and after hearing the gospel, being born again, they became great Christians. Like I mentioned a couple of them, they probably wouldn't, your listeners probably wouldn't, wouldn't know them, but I knew them, and they were great Christians. Uh, so it can happen that, and it will happen, that a lot of people who now are among those who are, are perpetrators of evil will repent. In fact, the Bible, I think it's in Zechariah, Zechariah 13, says that when Jesus returned, one-third of all human beings on the face of the earth will go up to be with him. Well, right now, and this is according to Billy Graham and, and Jim Kennedy again, there's nowhere near one-third of every 
person in the United States or even in the world that are saved. The United States was for a long time, but now the United States has even fallen off in, in, in the Department of, of, of Salvation. Uh, it's more like under 10%. So during the end time, many, many millions, maybe even a billion people are going to get saved. <laughs> and there's going to be joy in heaven over that, even though there's going to be suffering. There's going to be suffering. Now, what I was going to ask you a moment ago, and I'm getting the impression that your new book, End Time Living, is sort of a companion or the next part of your previous book, The High Sign. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because you, you saved me, you spared me. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly what it is. They are uh, sequential. The, the yeah, high yeah. sign well, sort of tells us what's coming and when, and the end time living is is maybe a prescription for how to how to react. Yeah, how to, how yeah, to that's react. a good way. That's to say one it. of the words I've been using. Um, yeah, it, that's exactly what it is. Um, once you once you know the details, and Jesus obviously when you read this sermons wanted us to know what was going to be going on so that we could be prepared. In fact, he said, I want you to be ready, I want you to be prepared. Um, how can we react when we see these things going on? Well, first of all, we can talk to him about it. <laughs> ask him, like you're asking me questions, we can ask him, well, Lord, what do I do now? And he will show us. Um, he, 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 and he does um, respond to prayers like that. And that's what it's going to be. Our, our relationship will, with him will be closer, and that's always a good thing. And then what he does through us will be, I don't, I don't, I just think it's going to be wonderful. Well, and that's the interesting part, because what I was, you know, trying to point out a moment ago is so many people think that the end time is the end of everything. And it's it's quite a bit more complicated than that, and yet at the same time, not complicated at all. No, it's not complicated. Jesus said, "You got the three and we got the three and a half years of tribulation, which hasn't really started yet because we don't see that all over the world yet. Um, and it, it may not actually that part of it may not even start for another. We don't know how long ten years. We don't know how long it's going to be." But it is going to be three and a half years of tribulation, and then three and a half years of recovery, restoration, and the return of Jesus. And when he returns, uh, it says, the scripture says, that uh, the dead in Christ will rise first. And after that, those who uh, are alive uh, will go up and, and be with him forever. So really, there's not an end there at all. It's just a continuum. In fact, it's in fact, it's uh, probably the only time in the history of the world where, where human beings, uh, a lot of them, will not experience the end that comes through death, because a lot of them are still going to be alive when Jesus returns. That's the part that's that's fascinating to me, and and what is uplifting about your new book is is that attitude that, you know, this this doesn't necessarily end time living doesn't necessarily mean the end of everything as we know it. No. No, it doesn't. Although it will be very different. You know, and even when you read what Jesus said, um, 
yes, it will be different, but it will not be the end until actually we go up, and then some will be left behind. That's that's the way it's going to be. Um, but as far as as the, as the end is concerned of of the um, history of planet Earth, this this will not occur until after the resurrection uh, of the righteous, the righteous in Christ, uh, and the and the ascension into heaven of those same people. There have been a number of of people going all the way back to the Mayans, um, suggesting that they knew the date when it all comes to an end. <laughs> and, and we've seen these these dates come and go multiple times. But you suggested in the high sign that it's not so much a specific date as it is the alignment of certain things um, in, in the sky and, and on earth um, when those things all come together. Is there any sense from the research that you've done and the study that you've done for how long a ramp up there is to that? I mean, you say it'll uh, that no. this will last seven years, three and a half. You know, I'm just, three I'm, and yeah, a half. I'm talking about now the period of starting with the uh, tribulation uh, will be about seven years. But even that may not be. You know, the, the end of even the seven years might not be the, the day when he comes back. The comet, if indeed it is a sign of Jesus returning, they can orbit for years and years and years and years and years and and, and but with one around the. the Planet Jupiter, just a few few years ago, it had orbited for more than twenty years, and then it started breaking up and dropping these explosive things onto the surface of the planet. Um, and even if it's not a uh, comet, being the high, the high sign, the sign of Jesus' return, there is no Jesus Himself. They asked him. He said he did not know. <laughs> he knew some. He knew everything else, but he said he did not know the time of his return. He doesn't want us to know. He just does not. Uh, and I think there are reasons for that, psychological ones. He doesn't want us sitting around saying, oh, well, Jesus coming back. And there's been a couple of books and some, some. there's one guy who was on TV who predicted Jesus' return 30 years in a row. He was wrong every time, and he, and he still had his people watching him. And I said, well, what is this? Jesus also <laughs> said, he said, beware of false prophets. He didn't say that, that they were all not Christians. Well, some Christians are false prophets. Everybody who predicts something like that and is wrong is a false prophet, even if they're right two times out of four or whatever, which is unusual. But if they're wrong one time, they're a false prophet. <laughs> well, it's it's like that, that saying, David, even a broken clock is right twice a day. Yeah, that's exactly it. You know, Gene Dixon, she got lucky once, but then, oh boy, <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> But but that's that's why I ask: Is there, um, you know, did you get any sense of um, how long it would take once things began to happen to reach the point of of tribulation? Oh no, I think that's 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 really the more foggy even. It, it is pretty clear that the tribulation is going to be three and a half years, and that's in scripture. And and then I I speculate that since we know 
based up based upon the Bible, uh, Isaiah and Jeremiah's prophecies, that there is going to be a flip flop. That the Lord is going to bring judgment here and now before uh, on these wicked people. That I just said I think it's going to be yeah, that part is going to be three and a half years. That could be thirty years. I I, I really don't know. But we do know uh, based on the scriptures that the actual tribulation period is going to be three and a half years or less. When Jesus said he would shorten it, well, did he mean that the three and a half years was a shortened period, or does he mean he was going to shorten the three and a half years? Well, three and a half years is not an overwhelming length of time for tribulation and persecution in the history of this planet. Sometimes it's happened for, you know, like a hundred years in certain areas. Um, so we should not say, oh, three and a half years, I can't do... Well, you know, we have the opportunity to prepare. I mean, Jesus even Well, said this pandemic's been going on. This pandemic's been going on for almost two. Yeah. And that's predicted also. I think it's... I forget the word he, he used, but he, he didn't use the word pandemic, but uh, a word indicating, you know, disease. Plagues. That would be a, that would be a factor. Uh, in, in the end time, that, that it would be an es- one of the things that will be escalating will be that that type of thing. Plagues, for example. Plagues, that's it. Yeah, plagues. Yeah. Well, David, we just have a couple of minutes left, but it's it's always such a pleasure to talk with you. Um, the new book is End Time Living. Um, David's book, The High Sign, preceded it. Um, did these books both come out in 2021? Uh, the, the high sign, actually, <laughs> that, that's a long story. I think I told you that. that was, that's actually been out for about five or six years, but only recently has a good, I think, a very good uh, edition of it been published uh, that's widely available. The one publisher got, he, he went out of business. The publisher didn't went out of business. He had a good, he had a good, a good, good book. But then, uh, it's only been in the last, I think, I think the high sign was published by URLink last year. And this year, um, in fact, just recently was End Time Living. Um, and in fact, if, if, if you're still trying to get the high, the high sign, I would recommend um, not going to Amazon because they're still selling some of the old, you know, I don't think they're very good uh, editions of it. Um, but, but Barnes & Noble... Or, or go to my website and, and they'll pick up on it. It's uh, com. Or they tell me that a lot of this stuff is, is on demand. Any bookseller now can order a book and have it delivered. Um, and they say that they told me that, yeah, that they do that now. Um, a lot of this is on demand. They don't stockpile things and then just hope that they're going to be sold. Um, they do a lot of it on demand, so any book publisher can get these books from URLink and, and get them to you. They're not, they're, not a, they're not a well-known publisher, but their books are very attractive. Well, David, thanks so much for spending this time with me again, and uh, I look forward to talking to you again. Do you have another book in the works? Well, <laughs> there's still a couple that I haven't promoted. That, that <laughs> in, fact, in fact, the one that fits in between these two called Day of the Lord. Um, and that I think I made I made from that. But Tom, I, I really enjoy uh, being on with you, and I thank you for bailing me out that time because. <laughs> well, my guest is David Heeren, and we're going to take a uh, short break. Thanks, David.
Hi, this Thank is you. Joe Biden from the Blue Lions, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination, a COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine, and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can, keep wearing masks correctly, and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19, and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. Start your weekend early with the Tom Sumner Program every Friday live at 11. We turn the spotlight on the world of arts and entertainment featuring artists from music, TV, and the movies. Catch everything from the rich local talent pool in and around Flint and Genesee County to up-and-coming stars of stage and screen, plus legends from New York and Hollywood. Hi, this is Greg Nagy. Hey, this is Hoppa. Hi, this is Joe Bye from the Blue Lions. Hi, this is Alexander Zonjic. Hi, this is Mark Farner. This is Maurice Davis. Hi, this is... This is Rochelle Ray. Hi there, folks. This is Sweet Willie T. Hey, this is Steve from the Nashville office. I'm Gwen Pennyman Hemphill. Start your weekend right. Go to 11 Fridays on the Tom Sumner Program. Those hands, no matter whose they are, can spread the germs of many common diseases. That's why I want you to realize how important it is to keep hands clean, to wash them regularly and always before meals with Life Boy, which not only removes dirt, but helps to remove germs. Teach the children this habit. Form it yourself. Always use Life Boy for hands and face as well as the back. America, your children have an amazing superpower. That's right. They can help save lives by simply washing their hands. Just 20 seconds of thorough hand washing after they've coughed or sneezed or been outside can help fight against the dastardly spread of germs. Armed with only soap and water and hands, your superhero can protect you, your family, and everyone out there in America land. Amazing! Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Imagine a journey down a picturesque river. Imagine your Flint River, 142 miles of recreation, natural beauty, and precious resources. The Flint River is a vital resource that is available for all to use and enjoy. The river and its ecosystem provide unlimited recreational opportunities and natural beauty while supporting wildlife in a vibrant landscape. We all have a responsibility to protect and preserve this precious resource. Learn more at FlintRiver.org or call the Flint River Watershed Coalition at 810-767-6490. 
thetomsumnerprogram.com. Hey, this is First Ward City Councilman Eric Mays, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. There's a fellow by the name of Noah, built an ark. Everybody knows he built an ark. He said, what did Noah do? He said, well, he built an ark. But very few people know about the conversation that went on between the Lord and Noah. You see, Noah was in his rec room sawing away. He was making a few things for the home there. He's a good carpenter. Vuba, 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 vuba. Noah. Somebody call? Vuba, vuba, vuba. Noah. Who is that? It's the Lord, Noah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Where are you? What do you want? I've been good. I want you to build an ark. Right. What's an ark? Get some wood. Build it 300 cubits by 80 cubits by 40 cubits. Right. What's a cubit? Let's see, a cubit. I used to know what a cubit was. Uh, well, don't worry about that, Noah. When you get that done, go out into the world, collect all of the animals in the world by twos, male and female and put them into the ark. <laughs> right. Who is this really? <laughs> What's going on? How come you want me to do all these weird things? <laughs> I'm going to destroy the world. Right. <laughs> Am I on candid camera? How you gonna do it? Gonna make it rain for a thousand days and drown them right out. Right. Listen, do this, you'll save water. Let it rain for 40 days and 40 nights and wait for the sewers to back up. Right. I just 
be the effect of an arc on the average neighbor. Now, here's a guy going to work seven o'clock in the morning, Noah's next door neighbor, and he sees the arc. Hey, yo up there, what do you want? What is this? It's an arc. Uh-huh. You want to get it out of my driveway? I got to get to work. Listen, what's this thing for anyway? I can't tell you. Ha, 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 ha. Well, I mean, can't you give me a little hint? You want a hint? Yes, please. How long can you tread water? <laughs> of course, Noah had, had a heck of a job, really. He, he had to go out and collect all of the animals in the world by twos, two mosquitoes, male or female. <laughs> and uh, he had to keep telling the rabbits, only two, only two, only two. We find Noah pulling up the last two animals, two hippos, and he's really in a hurry to get them up because he's afraid that the Lord's going to call him and ask him to do something else, and his nerves are shot. This is one heck of a job for a man 600 years old. <laughs> so we find him pulling up the last two hippos, and of course the Lord does call him there. Come on, fat hippos, hurry up. Come on, will you please? Noah. What? <laughs> what do you want? Gotta take one of those hippos out and bring in another one. What for? Cause you got two males down there and you need to bring in a female. I'm not bringing nothing in. You change one of them. <laughs> Come on, you know I don't work like that. Hell, I'm sick and tired of this. I've had enough of this stuff. I've been working all day, working on for days and days. I'm sick and tired of this. Noah? Yeah? How long can you tread water? <laughs> I'm sick and tired of this whole mess. If I have the, the whole neighborhood's out there laughing at me, you're all having a grand time at good old Noah there. I went out and got my best friend Larry. I said, Larry, listen, I've been talking with the Lord. Larry said, oh, really? I said, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lord Larry, Larry Lord. You walked up there laughing. I hear them all up there laughing at me. You know I'm the only guy in this neighborhood with an art. People around there laughing, picket signs, walking up and down. I'm sick and tired of this stuff here. People are walking around there. How you doing, Tarzan? How's everything out there? Sick and tired of this mess here. You're supposed to know all and see all. You let me go out there and bring in a pregnant elephant. You give me no manual for delivery and nothing. Never told me the thing was pregnant. There's good old Noah waiting underneath the elephant there. Boom! Right on top of the all that stuff for you running around here. You're supposed to know all and see all. Like I said before, you let me go out there and do all this stuff here. You never even looked in the bottom of that ark. Have you looked down there? No. Who's going to clean up that mess down there? That's me. I'll tell you that. I've had enough of this stuff. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm letting all these animals out, and then I'm going to burn down this ark, and I'm going to Florida somewhere because you haven't done nothing. I'm sick and tired of all this mess. You're pulling around, and you haven't done nothing except as you got it raining. It's not a shower, is it? Okay, Lord, me and you, right? Because I knew all the time everything was...
This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program. program, don't you know? 
Come on! Come on, get out of here! 